Hey Patrick, how you doing today? Good my friend, good my friend, how are you? I'm pretty good. Now uh, listen, before we start, I just want to ask our listeners something. We've been doing this for the last couple of weeks and that is if you love this podcast or if you just love either one of us, we'd like you to tell one other person about it. You know, it helps us grow. It is hard to build a podcast audience and we want to make this one of the best podcasts in the world. So if you can, tell a friend, tell a colleague and get them to listen. All right now, I think I'll, I'll go straight into my idea if, if that's all right. Sure. Yeah, go for it. All right. So let's say you want to do a bit of quick research for something or perhaps you're trying to upskill in a particular topic but something that's a little more niche so we're not talking about marketing which is you know just so broad but something a bit more niche so what do you do you go to google google search you've got lots of links and you've got to read them you've got to go through them you've got to save them you've got to summarize them chat gpt is a bit of a uh, an extension on that because it kind of does a lot of that for you so you can if you know how to ask it properly it'll come back and summarize that information for you but obviously it only has data up till september 21 if you're using um, the free version you could i don't read a book a physical book but obviously reading a, a 200 page business book for example is going to take some time there's paid sites with academic articles and journals, right? But these are all text-based. So there's lots of options with text-based. But what I want to talk about is video and audio because there is so much knowledge and insightful content wrapped up in these mediums at the moment. And just a quick few stats. So there's there's about four to five million podcasts and about 71 million podcasts globally. And for video, there's about 500 hours of video uploaded every minute to YouTube. Whoa. Right. So just to give you an idea of the amount of content out there, it, it's huge. But with all this content out there, it's not easy to find content for the niche topic that you're looking for. So, you know, you, you could find a podcast or a particular episode of a podcast and the title kind of indicates that it's got the information that you're after. Same with video. You could try and find the video. But in, in each case, you're probably having to watch or listen to the whole episode or the whole video to find the little bit of information that you need. So what I wanna do is create a tool that basically lets you search for that niche topic within video and audio. Yeah, so it would use AI and machine learning. So it scours video and podcast content across the web. So anything that's freely and publicly available and it returns the specific clips that contain the references to your topic. So you know, you're listening to a, a podcast and all right, let's say it's for an hour, but there's only four minutes within that podcast where the host will ask the guest a question and that question directly relates to the topic, that niche topic that you're trying to find out about. So yeah, at the moment you have to listen to the whole podcast, right? So what this will do is pull out those four, that four minute clip you can just listen to. All right, so it's kind of the equivalent, I suppose, to Google search, but for video and audio. You know, it gives you a list based on relevance, could become the chat GPT, so it goes a bit further, could summarize it. You can have that two-way conversation. I'll leave it there for a sec. What do you think? Uh, it's it's absolutely not what I thought you were going to bring up today. Good. So that's shocking. But I think, yeah, I was going to say, so Google already does this, you know, you can. this happens to me so often. I'll be like, how do I remove this thing in Photoshop? Or how do I do this thing in real life? How do I unscrew this screw or whatever? But it'll, it'll literally, if you go videos on the tab in Google and press videos, it, it shows you a random video and it tracks to the point with the content on the video on, on Google. So I love your application to podcasts. I think that's really cool. A search engine for the content of podcasts. I think dangerously good idea, Dan. Well, thank you, sir. Well, and look, to be honest, so this podcast content search engine was how I started it. I added video because I thought, you know, they're, they're similar in the fact that you've got these lengthy kind of pieces of content and it's hard to find the information. But yeah, I mean, let's let's focus on the podcast then. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's really good. I just want to add one other sort of thought that I had, which was there's a fine line with the search engine stuff. I've researched a lot of search engine businesses in the past. And what I always come down to, and it's really annoying because I don't want to kill the original idea of the search engine for some reason because I love long form content. So I love listening to the whole thing and doing all that. But it's like, if you could just get the information you needed straight away, that is the main goal, right? To consume it as fast as possible. So if we take a step back from that, then how do we make that faster? Well, let's remove the search function completely and imagine if as soon as you log onto the computer, it already knows what you want to search and it just comes up immediately. Yeah, but how does it know what you want to search though? Marketing, you know, think about the marketing data, demographics, everything that's tracking you. You know, It's getting pretty accurate these days and you'll find it probably happens more often than you think that's how advertising works on social media as well. Sorry, side note, yeah. Yeah, but... So if I'm at work though, and I'm working on a particular project and I need to know one specific thing, I need to become a subject matter expert in that field, right? You know, I could listen to a podcast, but I'm not going to listen to 50 episodes of a podcast. All I want is I want to upskill on a particular niche area and I don't want to have to search everything. So that's what I'm saying. With text, you've got Google search where you can find the specific information you're after. But I think there there's so much insightful content on, on podcasts now because people are having these conversations, they're doing interviews, really smart people on podcasts. And that's what I want to capture is how do we get all those insights from podcasts? I listen to a lot at the moment and the way I do it is as I'm listening, I'll write down a note. And then later I'll try and follow that up and do it that way. So that's a really slow way of doing it. This way it kind of cuts out a lot of that and just returns a whole list of information within the podcast, within the content of the podcast that I'm looking for. Love it. It's a, it's a brilliant use case, fully on board. Yeah, I couldn't find anyone else doing it. I, there's one kind of that's doing it called Clipcast, um, but they're only looking at fantasy podcast, but the podcast needs to sign up to it. And what I'm talking about is just a general scouring of, of the web. I think that the market is big enough, easily big enough for this. I had some numbers before. So, you know, 71 million episodes. There's about 460 million podcast listeners all up. Although that's kind of irrelevant because the idea here is that anyone can search through podcast content without actually having listened to them. It's hard to know the demand of this particular option, but as a guide, there's about eight and a half billion Google searches every day, right? So that's just for text-based information. You know, if we added in audio information as well, that's going to be a pretty big market. From a technical standpoint, it probably is a big undertaking. You know, the machine learning or the AI tool in the back ends would need to be built and tested. You need to overcome some of those hurdles around how the video and audio content can be transcribed to text so it can be better understood by the algorithm. Although you've mentioned that Google obviously already do it. So I think this technology already exists and it does exist at scale. So it, it is doable, but probably harder to get set up. You can only use freely available content that is public. Obviously, if it's behind a paywall, you're not going to be able to get that information. So for that content that is being charged for. But you know, I think that's fine. And that probably helps get around some of the copyright issues as well because we're only taking information that is already freely and publicly available. And then from the financial, the viability side, you know, there's a large cost in the setup and then running the service is quite expensive as well. I've been just reading a lot about how much water every AI query uses. It's something like 10 cups or 10 bottles or 10 liters, something like that of water for every single question that's asked of AI. So what? Yeah, it's, it's huge. So you, you've got that aspect to it as well. So yeah, and the environmental aspect, I suppose, comes into that. And the revenue model on the other side would be subscription or paper search. So again, similar to what a lot of companies do with when it's come to AI. You could probably add then Google's model that they use. So monetizing it through paid advertising, if you had enough traffic, or you could offer premium listings for those podcasts who want to appear at the top or higher in the search. 
I feel like you're still stuck on that AI water equation. Yeah, I mean, it just blew me away. Um, no, don't, don't, don't stop my heart. It was just shocking. I d- I've never heard that. So, all right. So then, really, just the only other bit I wanted to mention, just around the content creators. Um, so those that that obviously create the the video and the audio content, they wouldn't necessarily be compensated. So this isn't a model that necessarily helps them out. I mean, that you could work out how to do that down the track, but really I think the idea here, similar to Google again, is that you're sending traffic to their podcast or, you know, to their video. And I think that's that's a pretty good trade-off because you're not paying anything to be part of this service and you're getting traffic for free. So that's that's the idea in a nutshell. I reckon it's doable. I reckon it's probably hard to get set up, but once it's in, I reckon it's a good model. Yeah, I think it is a good model and podcasts are not going away. And I think I've mentioned this in other podcasts. It's it's a new form of sort of medium and communication. And I, I said this in another podcast. How long ago were books created? Like written text. So 14, oh no, yeah, no, a long time ago. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like you could use that as an example. I think it's not going away. The only thing that does concern me about the, you know, this industry shrinking is stuff like Neuralink, you know, with Elon Musk, you know, eventually we'll all be sort of connected brain to brain. But that's still a long way out, I reckon, as much as, you know, they'd want to convince you otherwise. And other thoughts I had on this idea is just because, yeah, we did mention, you know, Google do that sort of with the search engine. And I'm sure they will adapt this to a podcast. I can just see them definitely doing that. And they probably will. They probably do it, actually. If you search for something that's within a podcast that's uploaded onto YouTube, I'm sure there's an example of that happening where someone explains something within a podcast. And then because the term podcast is so broad, you know, you could have a podcast that's a how-to podcast podcast that is explaining how to do things actually this is a great seo idea what a money maker someone should do that just a podcast on how to do things oh my god i think that's like a million dollar idea anyway just how to do things and then you're coming up on the search ranking when people do it because when google eventually adjusts to what you're saying but just because a big company is doing it does not mean it's not an opportunity and i want everyone that's listening to know that that you could definitely create your own version of this and your own little website that does this and still drives significant traffic to it and turn it into its own business just because, you know, Google has a similar function. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. Obviously, the big companies can and potentially will do it, but that shouldn't stop anyone. There's a lot of world and there's a lot of market share for something like that. That's it. All right. Let's uh, let's see what you got. All right. So what I got for you today, Dan. So you, you're involved in this sort of startup world new business world. You've got a podcast in the industry. So you might know a thing or two about this. But what I want to do is create a board creation as a service. So boards as a service. So we come in and find you the expert people that want to, that should be on the board of your business with their special skill set or special expertise that's required to be on the, whatever your requirements are as business. We find you, find them, and we place them on the board and sort of match you with the right people. But I'm talking sort of like a premium service, absolute specialists, like you work in a water bottle manufacturing company and we put a guy that invented water bottles, the guy that invented water bottles on, on, your, on your board. My uh, tropes are not very good tonight. So that's the idea. I want to take a small fee as part of setting it up. We'll charge you a fee for hours, probably the consulting model or something like that. So we come in and do it. And you know, you could add in other services like an analysis of your business. You know, what do you need? We could help you work out what you need. And then we could go out into the whole world and find the right people globally that'll fit for your business. So I guess what is the problem that we're solving? It's basically, you know, a lot of people start startups or companies or businesses and they reach a sort of point where they need a board because you can just be like, you know, a solopreneur or, you know, just a small business or whatever with no one. But then you you could grow or you could, you know, start from day dot and need a board, but you lack the knowledge and resources to have an effective board. And you see a lot of people these days, career boardsmen, or should I say career boards women. 
So they their whole life is just sitting on boards and these people are basically just power hoarding and they only get put on other boards because they have respect from sitting on the previous board. You know what I mean? And it's like, we get it. You know how to run a board. It's like, it's not that hard. It's actually more important to have expertise about the specific industry or you know what you represent. So I'm just going to go straight into it. So there is a sort of growing trend in the business world for, you know, companies wanting more expertise within their boards and the same with you know investors as well you know because you're a lot of times your investor can sit on your board do you want an investor that's just offering you money or do you want them to also have you know experience and contacts and other you know things related to your specific business this goes with the same with the board member you know the research that i've done suggested there is a lack of sort of specialized services that do do this service so i think there's definitely sort of like a, a gap for it especially in australia although you did one mention one to me in our little chat earlier um yeah if i can just just take a broader point here. So the, what you're describing first, I, I love the idea. There's kind of the concept called fractional leadership or fractional CEOs, and it applies to board members as well. And so this is exactly what you're talking about. It's effectively consultants, but at a high level. So you might bring them on for a small period of time. It's usually part-time or project-based, and they do exactly that. They sit on the board, they bring their advice, or it might be an active leadership position. So it might be a fractional CMO, the chief marketing officer which obviously is more involved, but a lot of companies are doing this because they can then focus their efforts. So whether it's a larger company or a smaller startup, focus your efforts on which area of the business needs it. I think for a smaller startup, which I think is probably where more you're going as opposed to you know a larger company, definitely they need the expertise because they're doing it themselves most of the time. It's themselves or a small team. And having that expert advice, that expert guidance and leadership, even mentorship to an extent as well, that's super important. And it is hard to find that. And th- there is one company I found, um, I think it's in America, it's called Above Board, which do this. Effectively, it's an agency. They have about 40,000 lead- executive leaders, board members on their on their books. And then companies will approach them. They'll find the right, you know, they'll just do the, the kind of the usual matching there. There's also, just by coincidence, I was speaking to a friend in the industry probably about six months ago, and he's looking to start this kind of thing in Adelaide as well. Wow. Um, I haven't followed up with him, so not sure how it's gone. But yeah, I think there's lots of opportunity here. Well, that's, yeah, shocking. I guess, yeah, love to hear that because it means we're thinking along the right lines. And I love your idea of the fractional leadership and and that within an organization. And that could work within a larger corporate as well, potentially. So I'm just going to go straight into, you know, is this sort of like a thing that we could set up? I think there would be, you know, a lot of legal and administrative and logistical sort of things. You know, it's a lot of contracts and, and reviewing people. And it's a lot of admin, really. It's a sort of administrative business and also a contacts business. So, you know, you don't have to have a long, a strong network of people to start this up. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's a recruitment and consulting agency. Mm, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It is almost recruitment. You're right. Except, yeah, I wouldn't have that as the USP, like the unique selling proposition, though. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd market it differently. But yes, you're right. That is the sort of the crux. I think to, to simplify the concept, yeah, it's a recruitment slash consultant agency. Yeah, 100%. You've nailed it. So, yeah, that would be the sort of just the challenge in sort of just, you know, building those networks and, you know, finding the right people. You obviously have to be able to deliver the people, right, if you're making the promise. But then again, that's where the consulting model comes into your advantage because you bill hourly. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah you, you do. I, I think the other model as well is to have a flat fee. And I, I know a lot of board positions are they're not based on an hourly rate. They're based on kind of an annual salary. So you, you could potentially play around with something like that as well. If it's project-based, it's a project-based fee. Yeah, exactly. That's that's all I really got for you today, Dan. Yeah, I think this is a good idea. Like I said, got a friend who's, or he was looking to do it in the industry. You know, there's others that we've found across the world. And I think it's the work-life balance. So not only are workers... I suppose we'll call it the plebs are kind of doing the the work from home, flexible work life, you know, four day week, all that kind of stuff. 
but it also happens at the top, you know, with the execs. The wage slaves, the old wages. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, execs, execs, board members, they all want that work-life balance as well. And that's what this does. This allows them to contract and use their expertise in a particular area. And from the company point of view, I actually think it's a good idea because when you're in a company for too long, you lose that newness. And, you know, probably the first six months, you see the company with outside eyes and you see all the challenges and you've got that energy and enthusiasm to change things. But then after some time, you can become cynical when things don't change. And so maybe injecting a, you know, a, C, a chief marketing officer or somebody at that executive level or even at the board level, but bringing them in for a short amount of time means that they don't get to that cynical point. And so really the whole time they're there, they're super effective because they're just, you know, pushing in an acting change. Yeah. So I think there's some really good opportunities there or benefits for the company and definitely that short-term approach also would prevent you know any corruption as well you know of long-term you know investments and control and end up in like a uh, communism situation i mean um yeah, you know that's I mean? gone a bit far yeah. from a fractional CEO, but sure. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, I think maybe we'll end it there, Dan. What do you reckon? Sounds good. All right, see you next week. See you, mate. Bye.